Hi, this is Dr. Mike Savilla, uh, and this is episode 357 of the Mike Savilla podcast. And uh, for May 16, 2016, uh, and in this episode, uh, we'll be talking about digital marketing with uh, Dennis Schiraldi, who is the founder and chief evangelist of Doyo Live, uh, which is a content marketing conference, a digital marketing conference, which will take place in Youngstown, Ohio, on August 4, 2016. Uh, this was recorded a few days ago. We'll be talking about uh, digital marketing. We'll be talking about social media. <clears throat> We'll be talking about my story. We'll be talking about um, his story as far as being a marketer and how he has experience in the healthcare field as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, check out uh, my website at drmikesavella.com and also check out the conference website uh, at doyolive.com. There is a uh, registration discount code in this episode. So enjoy our conversation. So I will tell you this, that I'm, I, I personally am a little bit better at marketing than I am at some of the technology. Wow. What are you going to do? Awesome. I see. Uh, I don't know what the heck happened to my cup of coffee here in all, in all this uh, disarray. So I, I lost my morning security blanket, but I've already had a couple cups in me. So it's probably <laughs> I probably reached my tilt at this point that I could go over that edge. So I'm just going to stop. Anyway. Dr. Mike, although I, although I had to hit the, the start button, thank you so much for having me on a blab this morning. Great idea, and I'm glad to be here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah, see, that this is what it means, because uh, people won't know that uh, we've been swearing for 30 minutes. That's, that's what's tough, being on the, the bleeding edge of technology. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't work. Uh, but it's, it's great to be here. I mean, we're going to talk about three awesome things today, social media, uh, healthcare marketing, and of course, you know, do yo live. And, uh, um, you know, this is kind of funny there, Dennis, because, you know, people are trying to make the connection. Like what, what's, what's up with Dennis and Mike? Like what, what is the deal with that? So, so at least to, to tell my people that to my audience is that, you know, we, we have these a couple of connections here. We're both from the Youngstown area. Um, and we were both speakers at uh, TEDx Youngstown. Great experience. Um, but uh, Dennis, maybe start to connect the dots a little bit as far as you see work for GE Healthcare and healthcare marketing. Once you start your story from there, we'll kind of launch from there. Well, you know, I had this big diatribe, like was trying to carry some things when we were having the technical difficulty and doing some juggling around. So I, I, I liken it to rappers wanting to be ballers and ballers wanting to be rappers. And, and just stick with me for a second. You know, you're the you're the physician, you're the doctor, and you also play in the marketing space because by default you have to be. And I'm the marketing guy who essentially had to obviously I didn't go to med school, but I had to learn medicine because I was involved in medical imaging businesses, uh, diagnostic imaging. Then graduated from that into GE Healthcare, and then back in. Um, so I, ha I had to go, I'm the marketing guy that had to learn medicine. So you and I have, have both had the experience and have the need to under have an understanding of both. Your expertise, obviously, is in healthcare uh, and established it in marketing. My expertise is in marketing and then learned what I can about medicine to be good at my craft. So 
I, I liken it uh, to that analogy a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome because we, we come from two different ends because, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't learn anything about marketing. I don't know anything about marketing. Uh, and, you know, as I'm starting, as I got into social media and all that kind of stuff, uh, I, I've learned about how to build a brand and, and, and all that, that type of thing. And it's, it's a very exciting uh, type experience. Uh, I, I love. Well, I've seen you talk sometimes, and and sometimes when you're when you're telling those uh, those uh, uh, imaging marketing stories, you, you do a little name dropping of, of people. I love when you do that. People like Mark <laughs> Stewart and that type of thing. I'm so jealous. Like, and when we've talked uh, in the past as well, I, I I love kind of those type of stories. And and I know you're not breaking any kind of hip or anything because it's, it's it's already time passed. But but uh, those are cool type of marketing type things that that I love hearing about. Yeah, I think the statute of limitations has passed. And even, you know, so so even backing up, you know, we both have this this connection through um, through healthcare, through marketing. And then TEDx Youngstown was a fat it was a fabulous event. And I think that that's going to end up coming back onto the map and the radar, which I think is a really healthy thing for the area. Um, in addition to that, though, we both have had uh, engagements at the Mayo Clinic Social Media Healthcare Summit. So I had been there in the past, and I think that you still have an involvement with uh, sitting on a board there or something of that nature, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, so they kind of rebranded a little bit. So, so the, uh, so they're the, um, uh, Mayo Clinic uh, social media network, uh, now, and I was a speaker on the panel there uh, a few years ago. And I think we may have met there uh, as well. Um, and I'm on their, uh, what they call the external advisory board, uh, with, with great people, uh, on there. And, uh, it, it's been a very fortunate association, uh, with them and, and, uh, uh, for especially people in healthcare and outside of healthcare communications, they are a great example, um, of how they're using social media, how they're using digital marketing to talk to their community, to talk to patients, um, about, uh, healthcare issues, about some of their physicians, some of their services. Um, and I kind of raised them up in addition to Cleveland Clinic is also doing a, a great job with that as far as how to educate your community, um, yeah. about healthcare. So yeah, uh, very fortunate to be associated with, with uh, Mayo Clinic. Yeah, that's awesome. So your name drop, we're not name dropping healthcare organizations and uh, VIPs. Uh, so that's cool. So eventually, well, maybe we, maybe, maybe we can touch base on, um, on some of that celebrity status. But in the meanwhile, you know, what I was fascinated by is your content marketing strategy, obviously, maybe getting into some of the guts of the conversation here. But, you know, you've had to establish that. And I think that it's, it. you know, the reason that I, I was really interested in, in, getting you to do your live is because I don't think that your story just is a healthcare story. I think it's anybody that is, it's that content marketing, that content ink model of establishing the domain expertise in your field that you're passionate about and that you know a boatload about, and then churning out content on a consistent basis that establishes you as a thought leader. And the byproduct of that becomes the fact that now you, you grow whatever business or practice that you're in you get tons of opportunities to get out there and speak and so forth and so on. So that that's admirable from, it doesn't matter if you're in plumbing to a physician, to somebody that has a blog that's covering, you know, women's products, uh, beauty products, like everybody has this opportunity to be able to, to establish that voice, that brand. I mean, look at us today, the barrier to entry right now for you and I to have a radio show is getting over some technology hurdles. 
But when, when would you or I ever, you know, be able to go and self-publish something like this from a radio perspective? It, it just doesn't happen. So the question I'd, I'd have coming on to, to, to this is talk about the early days. Cause I think you were, you were in mid two thousands getting into health, you know, getting into healthcare, starting your practice and going into taboo, like the, the, you know, I use the monkey in the spaceship analogy a lot. Of times. <laughs> like 2007, like nobody was, nobody was, you know, for myself personally doing online marketing for medical facilities because of, so why don't you, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Th- thanks for, for that, Dennis. So, um, so I am a, a family doc, um, here in, in, uh, in Salem, Ohio, which is South of Youngstown. Uh, and I was born and raised in this area, like I said before. Uh, and, uh, you know, I came back to the area and, uh, joined a practice here. Uh, and, and I really wanted to distinguish myself from the other, uh, docs in the area. And I was thinking, you know, what, how, how could I do that? Uh, and I, I, uh, stumbled onto uh, blogging because this was before Twitter and before Facebook and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I said, Oh, you know, are, are physicians doing some of this stuff? And, and they were back then there were not, were not a lot, uh, but they were telling their story as far as taking care of patients, as far as what they think about the latest um, healthcare news. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I really wanted to, to get into that space and, and just to, you know, tell my story as far as what is going on. I, I get uh, questions in my office every day about, you know, what is going on in the news or, or what is, uh, you know, this drug got uh, pulled from the market because of got recalled or whatever. W- what do I think about that? Uh, and, and I get uh, questions about that all the time. And there's a lot of doctors who started out would just say, hey, you know, instead of, you know, 15 or 20 phone calls, um, about this, you know, go to the website and this is, this is what I think about that. Um, so that's kind of how, how I got started. Um, and you're seeing more and more people, uh, kind of, uh, kind of doing that, uh, kind of what a negative thing, uh, that happened during this time, um, is, you know, talking about, you know, vaccines, uh, vaccines. And there was a study that was a, a wrong study that it said it was associated with autism, which it's not. But there's a lot of physicians who got in at that point and say, hey, this is wrong. Uh, we have to tell the right story. Um, and and, and, and it, it launched a lot of those careers. Uh, but kind of getting back locally here, you know, there was not a lot of uh, physicians that are doing that here locally. And I kind of want to distinguish myself. You know, I tell a lot of doctors, hey, you know, if, as a professional, Google your name. What do you get? You know, a lot of it is stuff that that they don't want up there or stuff that they don't control that what's up there um, as far as physician rating sites and, and that type of thing. And, and when people Google my name, they, they have my website, they have my office address, they have right. my, my digital footprint. Um, and I get a lot of patients, new patients locally here say, hey, Dr. Savella, we, we Googled your name. We like, we've already felt like we've met you. That's why we're here. Uh, so that's kind of how I built my brand here in Salem, Ohio. Such a good point because you, you look at a rating site like a health grades and I hear so many physicians tell me this all the time. Like you've got no, no defense of, uh, as a physician and typically what's going to happen with a rating site and this is across all social media. Like if you're on Yelp or if you're, you're a restaurant or a local restaurant is that typically you'll see the adoption of, of in the bigger cities, 
the adoption's pretty good. People want to give good advice. They want to they want to use that site, but typically people are going to go to health grades and they're going to blow you up. Like they're going to look. To, you, it's, it's not generally the five stars; it's the one stars. And you can certainly overcome that from uh, from obviously having you know the 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 information that's out there that's positive. Um, how from a physician's perspective, you know, we're, we're talking now like you know we're talking still early days. The adoption rate was so low. Um, I, I know from personally being in the space of how it was, I guess, frowned upon by the establishment to be playing in the online world. And, and to, to a certain degree, we're still on this upward swing of adoption in healthcare to make it a fully acceptable place. And I think places like the Mayo Clinic and the Cleveland Clinic adopting things like this and saying, hey, this is okay. This is a great place to, to connect with our constituents because they're there. But getting back to 2005 early on, what were some of the challenges of being an early adopter and putting yourself out there um, that the healthcare industry as a blue blood, uh, and, I, and I call blue bloods in, in financial insurance and healthcare because they're so conservative, they move at a glacial pace. Um, you have to be very cautious of giving advice that's not right, that makes regulatory and legal people absolutely nuts. And there is some exposure from a physician perspective as well. But all that said, what were the challenges back in, in the early portion of jumping into this space from your peers, from the institutions? Because um, we obviously know the benefit from the patients, but what did you go through? Well, it's the same, it's the same issues that are now, you know, the, the, the issues using social media, you know, are things like, you know, patient privacy. Um, how, how do you kind of navigate that? Um, how do you, you know, do the disclaimer is saying, you know, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. Um, and you should get your advice from your own personal physician. Um, and of course, you know, a, a lot of uh, uh, physicians uh, and clinicians are saying, hey, you know, if we're going to do this, what's the creative way to get compensated for that? Because my advice is valuable. And we're still not there on a lot of those things. But, um, and, and that was the fear you know, when I started, you know, when I started all this, you know, I was an anonymous blogger uh, and that was a culture back then because the fear was so high because <laughs> as always happens, you know, the, the technology is always ahead of the ethics. The technology is always ahead um, of the rules and things. Um, so as it got more acceptance, um, then, you know, physicians started using their own names and where they're at. Uh, but it's still those type of challenges. Um, and, you know, a lot of people made mistakes. A lot of people were fired from their jobs. A lot of people's reputations were destroyed back in the early days. And that's was that was the fear back then. It's not so much now. People still make mistakes. Um but I think we're learning more, and, and I think uh, physicians are being more proactive about telling their message out there now. Right on. You know, back in 2007, um, I opened up a medical imaging center in Columbus, Ohio, and it was a really interesting model because we had the typical for-profit go out and establish relationships with your physician community, your hospitals, and get patient referrals. Uh, it was a unique offering with a stand-up MRI machine, and it was the only one in the state of Ohio at the time. And you can watch TV while you're getting your MRI, but the, the manufacturer, the, 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 um, as a matter of fact, I gave my TEDx talk on Dr. Ray Demadian being one of the, the contributors to the invention of the MRI, but nobody really knows that because the promotion factor was really never the priority of the company. Uh, and, but that's another story. So we, we went out and not only did the for-profit model, but then we all, I also went and created a research-based model with the Ohio State University 
and pulled together a collaborative team with neurosurgeons and biomechanical engineers to, to understand the predictive outcomes of spine surgery. Wow. Um, and it was really cool. And, and I guess my role in that, that mic was to turn the lights on. I joke around a lot because when you're dealing with, you know, those two types of entities, a lot of really smart people in the room, and maybe I don't give myself enough credit with that, but where I'm going with this, I had no advertising budget. I mean, it was like, Maybe twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and you know, as as you know, and you go back to two thousand and seven when it was kind of the the wild, wild west of the farm industry, where where they were just throwing money around like it was coming out of faucets, you know, for for entertainment purposes um, and that sort of thing. So I couldn't compete with that, and I took a nurse practitioner out to lunch one day, one by one, to a very inexpensive diner. And she said, you know, all the people in our office all day long in 2007 are playing around on this thing called the Facebook. And, you know, it would take me about a month to go around to all the physicians in, in Columbus, Ohio. It would take um, – I had another person that was in marketing that would go and do the same. So I ran back to my office, the opportunist, the sales, the marketing guy, and I typed in the Facebook. And I started to take a look at it. And the light bulbs absolutely went off. So I created at that time, I think it was called a fan page. And I created the fan page and I sent her an email and said, hey, we've got a fan page. And I never had a patient come from this physician for almost a year. And I've been trying to get their business, trying to see their patients. They were an orthopedic spine surgeon. Um, I created the Facebook page. I hit the send button on the email. She liked the page. And the next day I got a patient. And wow. then, then the light bulbs went off. <laughs> so, but 2007, you know, people were in the healthcare industry were looking at it and saying, do you really want to be in a place that is associating your brand, your business, your healthcare business on a place that college kids are posting themselves at cake parties? That was the mentality in 2007. There was question about the efficacy. Um, there was questions about you know, do you do you really want your your healthcare practice to be there um, because of the other stuff that was on there? And if you look at now where we've come, it, it's it's been light years. What what have been some of the um, you know? So you've got you've got the educational piece. You know, you you establish the brand, you establish yourself, and you you obviously get patients have grown your practice. What have been some of the surprises that you've come along the way of pu pushing content? regularly um, that maybe you didn't expect that were, were going to be kind of a pleasant surprise to you. Uh, one of the pleasant surprises, especially locally here is to uh, get the opportunity to talk to local TV uh, here in the Youngstown market. Uh, my hospital, uh, Salem Regional Medical Center, uh, got the opportunity to talk to um, a local TV station, just about general healthcare issues. Um, and they also uh, did a story about my social media presence, uh, back then this was like 2010, 2011, um, when I was on the cover of, um, medical economics, um, and, uh, talking about social media and, uh, it was fun uh, getting that opportunity. And, uh, uh, people told me back then, they said, oh, you're so smooth and you talking sound bites and all that kind of stuff. And, and they said, well, how do you do that? I'm like, I got my experience doing good TV by doing good social media. You know, at that point I was doing my podcast for a few years, yeah. you know, and, and as, as people can see on the screen, I have a face for radio. 
so uh, so uh, so yeah. So it's just, so you, you get to learn, and I get a lot of docs and say, you know, how do you do good media? You know, and it's just it's just doing good media. You know, you you, just, you learn. I made mistakes. You know, when you go on TV, they, you know, they tell you, you got 30 seconds or you got 60 seconds and, and you got these three points in your mind that you want to do and you got them in your head. Or if you want to write an op-ed, you know, the, you, you, you find out how to do that. Um, so what, so getting back to your question here, Dennis, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, all these great opportunities, you know, you think you're having fun on social media, but you're, you have a message out there. You have a footprint out there. People are out there watching um, and you never know what kind of opportunities are going to open up there for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think I shared this with you when we got together to talk about you coming to present at Duyo. Um, you know, for me personally, it was pushing out this content and making videos on YouTube because I couldn't, I didn't have the budget to do the commercials and I needed to connect with physicians and I needed to connect with, with potential patients as well. So we created our YouTube video and, and we pushed that out and in all these different mechanisms. And what happened in that process is that I probably left the medical imaging business a little bit too soon. But what happened is, is the GE healthcare who pretty much only hires like MBAs from like the top MBA program, at mid-level, at the mid-level experience. They, they generally will pull people right out of college, but when it comes to mid-level experience, it's really, really hard to break in, especially in a marketing executive role. You've, you've, you've had to be what I would call in the good, uh, good old boys club. You've had to work for maybe a, another McKesson or Phillips. So me coming in, the way that I kind of, you know, broke my way in was that I was churning out content on a regular basis that caught the eye of, of, of a marketing executive at GE Healthcare and said, boy, you know, we can, we, we need to figure this out. You understand the space that we're trying to go into, not just from a marketing perspective, but the medical imaging perspective as well. And that's what ended up pushing and helping me to get into that space. You know, the additional byproduct, and maybe you experienced this as well, is that by pushing content on a consistent basis, you, you do develop your craft. Um, it's not easy. I have a tremendous amount of respect that people that do, um, you know, we're all publishers in this day and age, but I do have a tremendous respect for the people that are the writers, the radio people. It, it, it's, it's obviously very hard to do it because you know it when it's not good. You, you only can kind of see when it's really bad. Um, but the other nice thing is, is the invitations to come speak elsewhere. Um, you know, I, I've been to Rochester, Minnesota, independent of GE Healthcare, um, you know, as a as a consultant, as a as a marketing professional, now having my own business, I would have never went there. I mean, it's 250 miles in all four directions from nowhere, and, and you know, God willing, I'd never have an issue that needs to be solved by the Mayo Clinic. Um, so that's been a pleasant surprise to me. H have you had any of that experience? Oh yes, I mean, you know, in my own kind of niche uh, in primary care and family medicine, um, you know, I still get uh, invitations to talk all across the country uh, to my own peers uh, because uh, I feel that that's the best way to kind of um, you know, uh, be having an, an effective message. Um, no offense, you know, but but you know, when we physicians start with get uh, talks from marketers, we're just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you really don't know what it is, you know, and, and, and so it, it kind of diffuses the message. Um, so let so me that, pause there for one second. So I, I completely 
completely agree with that statement because of the fact that people aren't practitioners and not in the medical sense, but in their craft and they don't study. You know, I've got a ton of social media, so-called social media experts running around right now. And, and when you ask them if they've ever heard of HubSpot or if they've ever heard of Gary Vaynerchuk or Seth Godin, they look at you with, with question marks in their eyes. And it's like, how can you call yourself a social media expert if you don't know these people and you don't practice that and you don't practice and study what you did? When I got into, when I got into medical imaging, uh, a guy in New York City where I, where I um, was involved in a medical imaging business there as well put his arm around me, radiologist, and said, you know, you're going to – before you run out and start telling people about this stuff, you represent my practice and my, you know, my livelihood. I want you to understand this and I want you to be able to speak and it's vitally important. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. It, it's funny when you you get into the depths of the conversation and it's not efficacy. It's not tried and true. It's been established in some room that says, go out and tell the physicians these bullet points because it's going to work. <laughs> so. Exactly. You know, and, 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 you know, in my field, you know, you, you, you talk about names like, you know, Kevin MD and Kevin Foe and, and, uh, uh Swindy Sue Swanson, Seattle Mama Doc, uh, uh, you know, Brian Veritabedian, the, the, those are the people that, that are, that are giants, uh, Eric Topol. Those are giants in, in our space. And, and uh, those are the names that, that I kind of drop on when, when I talk to physicians and they go and search them and they go look at their work and they go look at how, what positive things that, that they're, um, you know, that they're doing. Um, and, and, you know, my wife and I have had the opportunities to, to go to Alaska, to go to Maine, to go to Florida, California, to, to talk to uh, physicians um, about how to use social media, how to use digital marketing in, in a positive way. Of course, people want to hear the negative and I don't ignore the negative. There's a lot of bad stuff that, physicians are doing but on the upside you know if physicians you know do have a you know open mind about it they can use digital media for to grow their business to grow their practice and there are steps and ways to do that yeah i agree with that totally you know it's it's very interesting because people just think that from a blogging perspective even you know you, you get into you get into the healthcare conversation but then becoming more universal with it as well like i had a conversation with somebody about blogging and they're like yeah well you know blogging um, any you know anybody can have a blog and you know where's the where's the fact checkers and where's all this stuff about making the validity behind it and there's a couple things there's a couple pushbacks that i have to the professional writer that says that looks or frowns upon the blog i think first of all as you're you're talking the right approach is to be very niche, very specifically focused family practice. That's your area of expertise. I think that other people can look outside of that and look into it and say, this is what he did, and I can apply some of that to my own strategy, and I do that. But the other thing is that from a blogging perspective, what people don't understand, it's very difficult to stay disciplined, to churn out content that's quality on a consistent basis. And at the end of the day, your, your authority and your followership is only contingent upon how good your content is. And you can fool somebody one time with writing some sort of sensationalized blog, but on the other side of that, if you do that on a consistent basis, it's gonna, going to go nowhere. And then my last point with the traditional media, the, the medias, you know, is this, is that when you, when you look at traditional media that pushes out a story that, that questions the validity of a blog, I, I'd say look at Bleacher Report, VentureBeat, or the Huffington Post, which 
obviously started out of, out of as a blog, but newspapers make mistakes. And, you know, when they have to retract the story, that doesn't always make it to the front page. And then the last point is the Inquirer has been around forever. How much of that is sensationalized? And we've known how much the depth that's grown as well. So that's interesting. Um, let's get back to an interesting topic that you brought on early because it actually is impacts me and my life pretty uh, pretty. Uh, importantly, I have a 25-year-old nephew um, who's severely autistic, and our, our family has a foundation, the Rich Center for uh, School for Autism down at Youngstown State University, de- dedicated towards the education of teachers and students that, that have neurological um, diseases. Do Your Live is going to donate a portion of the proceeds to uh, the Rich Center, right? Great. But getting back to – thank you. Appreciate that. So getting back to what you had brought up earlier. Um, you had talked about the article that was written about, um, uh, 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 in pediatrics and, um, uh, uh, um, shots that, um, the inoculations that, uh, 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 help to cause autism. But in addition to that, there was also that, that, um, breast, um, breast implant silicone versus water-based as well. Am I speaking the right language here that, that caused quite a scare, Again, another media thing. How has the world, not necessarily the issue, but how have these issues been magnified now with the advent of the world that we're currently living in? Well, I'll, I'll take, uh, you know, kind of two different ways how it went. So, so the study, the incorrect study about vaccines and autism, this was back, you know, in 1998, 1999. This was before a lot of this stuff was around. Um the uh, uh, medical establishment was not ready for this to respond to this. So what happened is, is all the, what they call themselves anti-vaxxers, they started writing a lot on social media. Uh, And back at that time, I got a lot of questions in my office saying, you know, it's on the internet, it's gotta be true. And we were really behind the ball on that. And it took us, you know, probably a decade or even more to try to catch up with that. So yeah. fast forward to, you know, 2013, 2014, when they had, you know, this huge um, outbreak uh, at Disney World, uh, well, actually Disneyland in California. Uh, and at that time, that all the medical professionals were ready and they said, hey, you know, uh, this outbreak, you know, of whooping cough, of pertussis, was the result of people not vaccinating. And this this is the consequence of one of that studies. And you see, and you don't hear it a lot about, especially here in local news, there is uh, pertussis, there is whooping cough in Mahoning County, in Trumbull County, in Columbiana County. That's not really being covered on the news yet, but we're seeing a lot of cases of that in the hospital uh, and is because people are objecting to getting their immunizations. And this is the unintended consequence of this. Uh, and you're going to be, you know, I predict over the summer, you're going to be hearing some news stories about this. In addition to the hot news that around Zika virus, mosquitoes, all that type of stuff. So there's a huge opportunity for the medical establishment to say, Hey, you know, educate your patients about Zika virus, about immunizations, um, which we did not have the capacity to do in the past. Where, where does the, where does the, you know, the, so the, where does the education and the advice line lie? 
Exactly. Yeah, that, 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 that's a great question. So, you know, one of my kind of my taglines is, you know, I'm a doctor, but I'm not your doctor. Uh, so when I talk about this, I talk about this in a general sense and not taking care of a patient, I'm taking care of a community. So I'm like, hey, Salem, Ohio, uh, this is what Zika virus is. Uh, and this is some steps that you can take. If you have specific questions about your medical situation, because each patient is different, you should talk to your physician about that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the disclaimer that we have kind of fallen into. Uh, that's pretty standard now. But, you know, just like you said, Dennis, I mean, it took a few years for us to kind of figure out, you know, where is that line between individual patient and public health and the whole community? At what point do you consult uh, an attorney to kind of get some guidance or get some, just some feedback as to how things should be, um, labeled. Yeah. So, uh, if people are very concerned about that, yeah, they, they can consult an attorney. If you're from an organizational standpoint, um, our friends at the Mayo Clinic, you know, they do have social media guidelines for hospitals, I believe for offices as well, uh, as far as some guidelines, as far as rules, example, you know, if a patient kind of, gives you a negative feedback on your Facebook page. How should you deal with that? They have guidelines on, on how to do that. They have guidelines on where on your Facebook page you should put that. So everybody knows the rules out front. So if your comment is deleted, you'll know why. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting an advice from an attorney is never a bad thing. So let's talk about, um, so this is, this is kind of interesting because you bring up Facebook and Facebook for me at this point is becoming the Microsoft of the social media world. It's, it's, I love the tool. I love the product. I've been on it since day one. They continue to evolve more um, depth to the product as a result of Snapchat coming on board and so many people going there, they're, they're going to have things like that. They wanted to keep people in the Facebook ecosystem. So now, now they made video not only better, but they're rewarding people that put vid video on the website to get more, engagement. Uh, they went out and they bought Instagram, things like that. I'm going to throw something out to you, uh, just kind of like to shake things up a little bit. What do you think about Facebook? Because you've got a single sign-on and a password protected environment. And I understand that there's a big sharing component to Facebook. So it, it, there is exposure. But what do you think about Facebook as a way to deliver conversation bi-directionally in private messaging with patients? Uh, with patients? <laughs> um, I, I think it's similar to uh, what I think about like emailing patients okay. um, or uh, Twitter, you know, kind of exchanges with patients. Um, you know, the, the legal portion really is not there yet. And, and in my kind of sphere, you're going to, you're going to hear the phrase HIPAA compliant. Uh, if people don't know what that is, that is the federal healthcare law protecting patients' privacy. And there's huge negative ramifications if it is discovered that you are, uh, revealing, um, uh, patient, uh, details. Uh, right. so if at some point, you know, Facebook or other entities are able to make the communications, you know, HIPAA compliant. I would, I would 
I would consider that, but it's kind of the same issues as back in the old days, you know, as far as patient privacy, um, as far as, you know, kind of being compensated for that. And as everybody in my sphere knows, you know, they really love their electronic medical records. They really don't. Um, so <laughs> how do you incorporate a Facebook message into the medical chart? So if they said, Dr. Savella, I'm having chest pain, you know, what should I do? Um, so how do you incorporate that into their official medical chart and say, hey, I told them to go to the emergency room or whatever. So so there's still that cross platform um, uh, in, integral on how to you know get everything in the medical chart, because when it comes to insurance companies and the feds and that type of thing, the medical chart in your office is still kind of the, the, the holy grail as far as the, the medical information. You know, yeah, interesting. So uh, cost savings, operational efficiency, and, and, pra- and deliver better quality of care. I, I've done the EMR, EHR. Um, <laughs> I've done the EHR bullet points before. Um, I would love to see, by the way, if we, if we want to just go down that path for a second, I would love to see, you know, Epic's the 50,000-pound gorilla in the EHR space. They own 50% of the ho- hospital market in the United States. You've got Cerner. Um, you've got the GE healthcare's that that dominate the medical imaging landscape, where they own twenty percent of the the PAX market. Which, for those of you that don't know what a PAX is, very simple, simply stated, it gives people like Dr. Mike the ability to be able to view medical images on um, uh, through their computer online in a secured environment. Um, I would love to see them be able to develop those products even further with bolt-ons that allow for bi-directional communication with the physician and not just for the meaningful use, HIPAA compliant. Here's, here's your patient portal because, oh, by the way, we had to do that to make meaningful use requirements. That's like stage two or three-ish. Right. You, know, you have to show some sophistication with your delivery back and forth. I always forget my username and password, full disclosure. Um, you know, and, and that- password. Itself, your password is password. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the two money signs. There you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> and you know, and so if they could, if they could have the bolt-ons, and they're smart enough people. Like I've dealt with all these organizations. If they can have the bolt-ons that the physicians drive, and that's another key point to this is that peer-to-peer is always a great, the better environment than me coming in to tell you about something. If I can get you to educate another physician about something, it's going to be a thousand times more important and meaningful to them. But if, if physicians can help to drive the video aspect that's in the secured environment in the Epic or in the GE packs um, and or have that more of that bi-directional sharing kind of social media feel to it, but it's secured and it's one by one, is there benefit to that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, uh, peer-to-peer conversations, um, yeah, are, are always uh, you know, valued, um, and putting that in a video environment would be super valuable. Um, you know, I, I you know obviously I call my you know um, uh, colleagues on the phone. You know, and uh, sometimes we uh, I I know it's hard to believe, Dennis, but we still use faxes. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, but we we exchange you know fax you know letters and things. But, you know, to, to get somebody on a, you know, on a video call or something like that would be tremendously, tremendously valuable. Yeah, I got this new calligraphy set and I was like scribing a letter to my auntie the other day. And 
well, we got a homing pigeon. We're going to send it over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking to some of the other day, and they're like, faxes? Like, what, what year are you guys practicing? I'm like, this is healthcare uh, technology. I mean, yeah. in action. I mean, the, 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 this is part of why digital media and social media is just not adopted. It's just we're, we're still kind of, you know, uh, uh, married to things like faxes, which is like crazy. So, you know, you know, what's interesting, Mike, is this, is that the, um, what, what I think is interesting is that you have to connect with people. And this is the Omni channel. This is what it's now being called because you have TV, radio, newspaper, email, social media, within social media, you've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Snapchat, and you could keep going on and on. Then you have facts and you have posted, uh, uh, you know, mail. And people are like, oh, you know, like, but this is what I like. And this is where I like to get my news and my information. And that's where I expect you to connect with me. Now, at the end of the day, the way that I look at this and approach this is this, is that all these mechanisms, they're all great and they all scale. But I use all those mechanisms to build my engagement, create my awareness so that I can have the one-on-one conversations with people. And what people don't get, I think, is, is, is the fact that you have those conversations, you do this all, all online, and you develop all this work to get to the point where you can have the one-on-one interaction. Exactly. You know, and people ask me, they say, Mike, you know, how can you, you know, keep track of all that stuff? And I'm like, I don't keep track of all that stuff. You know, I, <laughs> I sign up for all the stuff. Right. But but as people start to do this, people start to get to know what their audience, where their audience is at. For me, you know, I focus on Twitter and I focus on Facebook and then maybe Instagram is maybe third. Uh but I guess that that's kind of how I've learned as kind of a pseudo marketer uh, to say, hey, you know, I, I have a message. Wh- where is my audience at and how do I get it to them? Um, so so when I talk to physicians, I'm, you know, for physicians, for the most part, they're probably on uh, Facebook for a personal use. So I tell them that's for them. That's the, that's the place to start. When I go to conferences and things, that's when I can get people a little bit on Twitter. Um, and then we can kind of go from there. You know, I, I, depending on what their age is, uh, I don't even bring up Snapchat and, uh, but some of them are like, oh yeah, I'm on Snapchat, but I don't talk about medical (laughs) stuff. So, you know, so it's just kind of meeting people where they're at. Um, and I had no idea what I was going to say there, but, uh, I think we were talking about audiences and how to get the message out. And, and, uh, I know where my audience is at. Yeah, no, that's, that's exciting. And you know, that, that's actually, um, that's actually with, with like all these practices and all these principles are, are summed up very nicely. I, I had a cop. Give me just one second here. Cool. Cool. Well, what, what, uh, I know we're going to talk about it eventually, but I, I'm, I'm, st- I'm really excited about do you live. If people are watching this, you know, Oh, it's a transition. So do you live.com. And yeah, this book, well, I have to, I have to get this book there, Dennis. <laughs> I bought um, actually the, the whole stack of copies that I have, I ordered for you as um, as after you you recently signed some some people up. So graciously appreciate that support. But the other side of that is Content Inc. by Joe Polizzi, who is going to be the keynote speaker at Duyo Live. First of all, is iconic in the field of digital online marketing. Entrepreneur Magazine had him as one of their top 50 influencers. 
And ironically enough, or coincidentally, he's number 13 on the list. So yesterday we put out some information um, uh, to, to, you know, to talk about that. But he founded Content Marketing World and Content Marketing Institute. His event in Cleveland, Ohio, pulls in three, 4,000 people from all over the world to come to a four-day conference. And he's, you know, he's the guy that put basically content marketing on the map. Find the niche focus, find your area of expertise, find your domain, find where your audience is at, consistently publish information, and then look for the tilt, the tilt when people start to engage and consume that and you start to get market share and be able to monetize that um, from either, you know, what, whatever it is that you're, you're, you're doing. Um, and, and everybody that comes to the event is going to get a book. Uh, content Inc. That's part of your uh, part of your attendee fee. Actually, the Mahoney County Career Tech um, is also uh, they're sponsoring uh, his talk, and they're also being they're the book sponsor for the event as well. And uh, you know that is exciting in its own right. But um, just to kind of talk to you a little bit about Do Yo Live, how this all came about is I was actually speaking at the Mayo Clinic Social Media Healthcare Summit, and I don't have the the picture, but I took the selfie. Um, great, great event, Rochester, Minnesota, but it's, it's, it is out there. It's in the middle of nowhere and 200 marketing professionals from around the country in the healthcare sector descend on Rochester. They have the event in the basement of the Marriott hotel, at least they did at the time. And they show up for, for a really great two days of online marketing education. And I'm thinking to myself, like, like I had, you know, it was a half a day's travel by plane to get here, to get to Rochester. And on the way home, I was delayed multiple flights and I threw myself <laughs> into bed about two in the morning. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And then I started to look at Youngstown, what the resources and the facilities that we have here and the proximity to the world around us. It's, you know, uh, an hour from anywhere, there's 500,000 people on LinkedIn that have a marketing in their title. We have critical mass. And we have these great events like in Cleveland that Joe Polizzi puts on, but they're $2,400 for the week and a week out of right. work. And that prices a lot of people out of the market. Oh, yeah. So I started to look at the depth and I started to build a relationship. And after three years of, of taking the business plan out of the drawer and putting it back in, running my business, um, I decided to to really just like go completely all in on the fact that I had validated this with a, just a number of people in conversations, and it was either I do it now or I I don't ever do it ever. And I put the website up to basically hold my spot in line here, just to make sure that everybody knew that this was coming. And then it all came together. Youngstown State Williamson College of Business said, "Hey, you know what? We want you can have the facility here. I teach part time down down in the uh, on social media marketing classes." build an awesome committee out of a number of people that are professionals, um, professors down at Youngstown State. So we're really vetting the content that comes in. We've got the Youngstown Re uh, Re Warren Regional Chamber of Commerce as a sponsor. Kim Calvert, their VP of Marketing and Events, is a part of our committee. We have a number of students that are participating. But then most importantly, we got people like Joe Polizzi, who could be anywhere in the world and speak anywhere he wants. But five weeks before his conference, he's willing to come down to Youngstown, Ohio, as one of the top influencers of the world. He spoke at South by Southwest Social Media Today. He's going to give the keynote, keynote talk at Do Yo Live. I mean, this is the type of quality of people that we have. We've got Nate Riggs, a CEO of NR Media Group, coming in to talk about keynote on HubSpot sales and marketing methodology. 
And then we've got 15 breakout sessions with a ton of depth. So admiring what you do in your space and, and having the ability to be able to pull you in to talk about how you've established your brand through a content marketing strategy is not only going to resonate with, with healthcare people, but anybody out there that, that really is going to try and build their individual practice. Um, we've got Facebook 101 for the, for the basic business owner that needs to figure out how the heck do you get on Facebook to um, big data to make your digital marketing decisions. We've got directors of marketing from Youngstown State University. We've got business owners like Danny Catullo. Um, we've got uh, marketing agencies. 90% of the people that are speaking are from Youngstown, Ohio. And uh, it's just going to really be a tremendous event. 40% of all the tickets um, that have been allotted have been sold already. Um, we've got a great deal of sponsorship from NYO Property Group, Youngstown Warren Regional Chamber, the YBI, um, Friend Specialty Coffee, uh, um, and then Youngstown Design Works, and then a ton of others that are, you know, Palo Creative. We've got uh, Socialized Media Group. We've got the Banana Group that will be talking on HubSpot as well. So we've got a ton of involvement from local contingency educating the marketplace. Um, I am getting ready to publish a blog on uh, for real estate agents. We have a social selling component. So basically what's going to happen is that we have an expert that, that preaches about utilizing LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook as a mechanism to under, uncover opportunities in your, in your selling process. And what's really interesting behind that is that as I scribe this blog on real estate, typically the real estate agent may have a Facebook page and they just kind of consistently post listings, listings, listings. And, and what the, 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 the reasons to attend Duyo is about blog for real estate agents is how you can really take the Dr. Mike approach and put out content on a consistent basis to educate the marketplace on real estate, on moving and all the things that tie to real estate and then push those out through your social media mechanisms. So it's really interesting um, how that can all come together. Um, I unfortunately think that I lost Dr. Mike. Uh, calling back in. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was that bad? Uh, no, no, no. I was, this, I was on this rant about real estate agents. You know, they take the same approach where, you know, they, they may have a Facebook page and they just post listings. And if you posted stuff all the time that was like, come to me, I'm a doctor. Come to me, I'm a doctor. Come to me, I'm a doctor. That gets numb online and that gets numb in person. Like, I want to sit and talk with you like this bring value to each other's lives. And that's the same thing that you need to be doing online. So I, I wrote an article for real estate agents, why they need to come to do yo live or just basically educating them saying, take a content approach, educate us on real estate, build up your following, build up your email list, churn out great content regularly. And that's going to pay you back tenfold because you're going to become the most popular agent when it comes to listing and acquiring properties and selling properties. Um, and, and the social selling aspect again. So doyolive.com, www.doyolive.com. In addition to that, uh, I have a promo code. Uh-oh. All cap letters. I'm dropping it right now. B-L-A-B. 30% off your registration for the event. And um, that I'm going to leave that up for a week. So, uh, yeah, there's a promo code being dropped. Um, so that's that's Duyo. Questions, Mike? 
when you, no, any- I mean, you know, it's something that I learned on my journey is, is that, you know, when you put out information about what you know, no matter what industry it is, people are like, oh, you're giving away information for free. No, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't think so. When, when, you know, when, when I talk about, you know, what I'm passionate about as far as healthcare issues, as far as what the right things on immunizations are, all that type of stuff, people start to get to know me. They feel like they've known me when, when they come and kind of be a new patient, um, uh, get a reputation um, in my community, in my field, in my niche, um, and, and that's uh, and I, I guess that's how 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 I learned how to build my brand. And it, it, it's just not just in healthcare; it's in anything. Uh, and, and I see that on the Do Your Live uh, uh, site, you already have the, the schedule up for for the speakers. I'm very excited about that. Um, and for people who don't know, you know, kind of what I do at conferences, I like to blow up the conferences. You know, um, I've been experimenting with, uh, you know, Facebook live video at conferences, interviewing people, uh, doing little uh, uh, video snippets of, of what they talk about. And uh, um, it, it's going to be exciting for me to, to you know, help market this conference, help people get excited about this conference, people from my niche, people from my uh, area. Um, and it's going to be fun working with you and the team and, and all the great people here in the Youngstown area uh, about Do You Alive. Yeah, that's really cool. I appreciate that. And, you know, here's a here's another interesting factor. Um, you know, we have another common tie with Amanda, Amanda Chan Gurus. Yes. Amanda is going to be speaking at the Mayo Clinic or not at the Mayo Clinic. She's speaking at Do You Alive. And what Amanda is going to be talking about, uh, she works at an organization that's heavy, heavy, heavy on social media and dealing with social media complaints in healthcare. So she's going to be talking, and this I think translates just like your talk out of healthcare, but it's 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 also very specific that people can ask questions if you're in healthcare marketing about these things and how to handle them. Um, she's going to talk about handling social media complaints uh, as a PR communications and marketing strategy and how you deal with that from a customer service perspective as well. Um, for an organization, which is so now we've got this interesting tie. Jo- everybody wants to hear Joe Polizzi talk. Everybody wants to hear the keynote speaker talk. And then we fill that in with some healthcare track as well with yourself and, and Amanda. So if there's, um, you know, anybody in the healthcare arena that's in marketing, um, I think that you'll find that to be beneficial. Um, I'm not giving a breakout session. I, uh, I may end up sitting on the thought leadership panel, but, um, I also I will be given a I will be giving a a opening remarks presentation that will will talk about thought leadership and in, in, in the area of, of marketing where my expertise is and talk a little bit about that experience and and maybe I've been known to name drop Bono from time to time. Hey, see, <laughs> you're gonna do it. I you had to do it. You had to do it. Funny story. Yeah. This, this is this is a completely true story. Awesome. So my wife and I are newly married. We're living in New York City. And we take the dog to the park uh, in New York at Central Park. There's off-leash laws before 9 a.m. So we take the dog to the park. The dog's running around. And it's coming about 9 o'clock. So we're, we're going to walk back home, get some coffee on the way. And um, my dog stops and is running around with this other dog. And they're kind of barking at each other. And we look up. And my wife's jaw, she's going to love me for telling this story, her jaw drops. And I'm like, what's like, what's wrong with you? And I look over and like, it's a rock star and it's Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, and he's like nine o'clock in the morning. He's, you know, he's got the glasses on the unbuttoned shirt. 
Like, I'm like, dude, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Like, <laughs> maybe he's just getting in, whatever. Completely chill. Like, I'm talking about my dog. He's talking about his dog, like anybody else off the street. He picked that dog up um, off a street in Sicily, as in Sicily, Italy, named him yeah. Palermo. Nice. Brought him back. The dogs are barking. I made some jokes. He laughed. My wife's still, still standing there speechless. And we go walk home. And to this day, 10 years later, she still has stars in her eyes for, for Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> Oddly enough, how that even gets even more, more uh, interesting is that, uh, to name drop even more, I have a really good friend of – well, actually, my wife's friend, um, Joanna Ficarelli, who were drastically trying to get to do yo live to be on the thought leadership panel. Um, and the thing is she would be absolutely phenomenal. She's a local person. Uh, parents own La Rocca Pizza. She lives in Chicago. Her husband actually produced Lady Gaga's last album. Wow. So Dino is in Los Angeles, and he's working on the album CD. I don't even know what they call it these days. Like, is it an album? Is it a CD? Right. And Lenny Kravitz is in the room, and they're hanging out, and the dog's there. Like <laughs> two years ago uh, and Dino's like Dino finds out that the dog's name is Palermo and it was pulled off the streets of Sicily <laughs> <laughs> so it's like three degrees of dog separation here right now it's pretty amazing but anyway um, wow. well I, so I, 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 yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to a person uh, so uh, so I have a friend uh, Sean Dent so he's a nurse that works in Erie, Pennsylvania, but his family is in the Niles area. And I was talking to him about this conference. He is hugely influential in the nursing community in social media, and he's going to be coming to the conference. I've never met Amanda before, uh, so it's going to be cool there. And, and I know we've talked about this already, but I, I'm already uh, building your healthcare track for 2017 uh, because <laughs> I, I have some some people in mind locally here who who would be awesome at that. So Sean and I we're, we're going to be running around during Do Yo Live. We're going to be doing little videos. We're going to be doing little blog posts tweets and all that kind of stuff hashtag do you live uh so so i'm telling people in my own kind of niche about this conference and we're we're really excited about it and, and i know that we you and i've talked about it dennis before is that this do your live is kind of a launching point it's not just one day event uh it's going to be kind of expanded out more towards that and i love how do your live is using instagram using twitter using facebook uh to kind of not only talk about the event but but talk about kind of marketing in the youngstown area and and it's really exciting for me to be a part of this no i appreciate that you know here's here's the here's the thing and i, I and, and here's how i know Sean. Like he, I, I've started following Sean on Snapchat and yeah. that's like, that's a real thing. I, I started following Sean on Snapchat. I've been following the, 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 the snaps. And then I saw that he registered for the event and I wanted to send him some coffee as, as a thank you. And, uh, cause I know he's a big coffee fan from Snapchat. And one of people that I'm working with friend specialty, um, you know, we're, we're doing some unique things with developing their online brand for coffee. So I want to send him some coffee as, as a show of appreciation and also the fact that he's an influencer and he likes coffee. So I know that if I send him some coffee, I know that he's going to end up, you know, including us in a couple Snapchats, which who knows what that'll be worth. But getting back to it, here's the value that I, I'm trying to bring not only to um, it's our sponsors. It's the marketplace of educating them on marketing concepts on a consistent basis. 
hopefully people look at us and they start copying us like here's in our speakers as well. The value that I want to bring bi-directionally to our sponsors, our speakers, and um, is this, is that the logo on the website is like the marketing tactic for every event that takes place from an event perspective when you sponsor it. Or the people, their picture goes up on, on the wall and people market the heck out of that for their own selfish purposes. And that's fine. You, I mean, you, you're, you're investing this time and this energy in this event, but what I want to do to bring additional value to our sponsors is not just give them a button on a website, but we are integrating them into our social media strategy throughout the entire time. We're integrating them into our blog strategy by asking them to contribute to the blog content strategy so we can, we can push that content out and help you get build additional authority. So in the process of us pushing uh, last week was an Instagram campaign where Love that. we, we awesome. had, uh, thank you. We had included one of our sponsors, NYO property group and friends specialty. And the winner got a, a, a $10 gift certificate to go to, you know, to, to friends. And maybe at the end of the day, maybe friends ends up picking up a new co- client. Maybe they end up picking up somebody that is a social influencer that one that will then take to social media with that. And in the process, hopefully NYO property group, sees the value of not only having the logo on the website, but then people begin to understand even more how they're invested into the downtown community. And what I want to do for people like yourself is that, you know, you, you get the emails to the, to the speaker community is we want your content. We want to publish it to, to our blog. And then we want to push it out through the social channel to get you the exposure that you need. And we want to bring value to our sponsors in the same capacity. And we want others that are doing these events in the area to look at that and say, you know what? Yeah, these guys are really pushing the envelope when it comes to, I want to sponsor, everybody's going out and trying to get sponsorship for events. But now all of a sudden it's more than just having my logo, which is important on the awareness, but now you're integrated in the content strategy, which I think is is where the big value is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I am excited to be, to be a part of the event. Well, one of the things that, that I, uh, I remember when hearing you speaking to, uh, Youngstown state students is, uh, well, one of the things you say is, uh, uh, remember to, to thank people in your life. And I think that is so important. Um, and you tell your kids to, you know, thank their coaches and teachers and, and all that kind of stuff. And I remember that talk that, that really impacted me because we don't have that these days, Dennis, and it's really sad. Um, but 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 thanks for you know uh, asking me to be a part of this event, um, yep. and thanks to all the speakers and all the sponsors out there. Um, it, it I, from what I'm hearing, tickle sales are going really well. It will really kind of blow up this event, blow up Youngstown, Ohio. Um, you know, do your live is just going to be really really successful. I'm and, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, and uh, means a lot to me. Uh, you know, you got you got to get out there. You got to invest in people, and um, you know it's good. It's good that we've got advocates and evangelists like yourself because that's the type of people and effort that's going to end up ultimately making this event successful. And that's that's on purpose. That's by design. Um, there's you know there's no doubt about it. I unfortunately I have a house of, um, that has no longer been is going to be able to manage the integrity of the quietness of the of the. Um, the, the uh, day here. It's um, 
you know, they love hearing dad talk, but they hear dad talk all the time. And I've got three young ones, <laughs> seven, five, and three. So the studio can no longer uh, maintain its uh, its sanctity here. So uh, I'm going to have to uh, to bounce. This was your idea, by the way. So thank you. Yeah, I we, just we should start uh, up because of the technical difficulties. Yeah, so. no, we, we should uh, we should do this again. So before we go, uh, so you can find me at drmikesville.com. And so if people want to find out more about Do Yo Live, what are all the channels where they can find that, Dennis? You know, my my best recommendation not to, is to just keep it simple and go to doyolive.com. Um, D-O-Y-O-Live.com. And what that will do is that will then You'll get the Facebook, you'll get the Twitter, you'll get the Instagram. You can follow me personally at D Dennis Giraldi on Snapchat. It's not the official Snapchat for the conference just yet, but we're we're toying around with the idea of how we're going to either um, get a filter made or we're going to get something going on for the conference with uh, with Duyo. Um, I am considering. Actually, I love this blab idea. I think that would be great if we can do this again. Get a few more people that are. Uh, speaking at the conference or even a sponsor on and, and give them some opportunity to, to to share their thoughts on marketing. And then last but not least, I'm, I'm strongly considering, but my video guy is currently traveling. I've been traveling and studying in Italy for the past three, four months. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. wow. College student, uh, but he's he's been all over Europe and he's getting ready to come back. So it's been hesitant to, to launch a marketing show, but I'm going to be launching a marketing show here very shortly. Um, that I think is probably going to be a live marketing show to kind of differentiate it. Um, we'll probably we'll probably do like an every Thursday since Do Yo Live is August fourth, twenty sixteen. We'll probably do an every Thursday uh, ten fifteen minute live Facebook show, and we'll break down some different aspects of marketing and try and just maybe take some of the blog content and put it into um, a live dissertation and make it fun. So hopefully you could be a part of that as well, Mike. That's awesome. That's awesome. And before we go, the uh, one more shout out to the to the uh, discount code here for for this show. Blab B L A B all caps. Save thirty percent. Uh, we're going to leave that up for the next week, and uh, hope hope that we we can see you all there. Hope all right, this Blab. Thanks, Mike, so much for putting this together, bud. Hey, thanks. We'll talk to you all out there very soon. So have a great day, everybody. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>